This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we have a request. If you are really enjoying what we do here on the Internet Marketing Podcast, then if you could, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app, of course. That would be fab. Um, It really helps us to grow the podcast and ensure we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by David O'Riordan, Biddable Director at iProspect. David, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, Andy? I'm very, very well. Now, you're not in Ireland, are you? Despite your, your, um, your dulcet Irish tones, you're in London, aren't you? <laughs> I am, indeed. So, yeah, I'm from Ireland, but I moved to London nearly five years ago. I uh, moved here from Barcelona, so a lot of people thought I was crazy making that move. But, I, uh, right. yeah, it's a long story, but I guess uh, for the purpose of this, just wanted to get into digital marketing, and that was my, uh, my best bet, was moving to London. So, yeah, I moved to London and started working with iProspect. Uh, so iProspect are a performance marketing agency. So we're part of the Dentsu Aegis network. And we're based in Trine Square in London, the office that I'm working in anyway. Yeah. And I'm working in the paid search team. And I've, well, I was, I started off in the paid search team anyway. And since then, I've worked in pretty much every vertical possible. And for whatever sins I had in a previous life, I seem to do quite a lot of finance clients' work. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, enjoyable. And then about a year ago, I formed a biddable team. So a biddable team as distinct from like the specialist channel approach. And I'm now kind of exposed to the full width of the biddable buying process. Now, I'm going to, because before, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners to this podcast, uh, I'm going to be very honest here because I love being transparent. I'm so transparent. People can see right through me. Um, we have this, we always have a pre-chat when we, before we actually record these shows. And I was talking to, to David in the pre-chat and I was saying, you know, David, I'm not that familiar with this term, biddable. So, David, can you just explain, uh, give, give us a definition of biddable? Because I haven't come across it that often. Okay, no problem. So, biddable can mean something different depending on where you work or what agency you're in but essentially any online advertising opportunity which is bought through an auction could be considered biddable so take for example paid search paid social display advertising programmatic etc i mean any combination or all of these could be depending on the agency of course could be considered a biddable team Uh, some agencies for example will just have paid social display in youtube Others were restricted then to like just programmatic and display or real-time bidding or something like that. And the most common then would be just to include paid search and all of those as well. Brilliant. Now, we'll come back to this, this, this notion of biddableness or, or biddable in a minute. But, yeah. I mean, today's talk is about um, automation in digital marketing, David. And yeah. just, I think, uh, an opening gambit that we'll, ju- we'll just talk about first is, is I'm just wondering what's happening right now, sort of um, even outside of digital marketing. What's the broader perspective? What's happening in this sort of realm of um, automation and making things happen kind of by themselves? And then we'll focus in on biddableness and internet marketing a bit more. Personally, for me, the, the automation, my interest in it came from reading the book Rise of the Robots. Um, yeah. I recommend that one definitely for anyone who's kind of interested in the future and where all of that's going to go. Now, is, is, is that a storybook or is it, uh, is it actually more of a factual book? Factual. <laughs> yeah. It's a factual book. It's not, it's not a yeah. novel. No, no, no. Okay. It's about, yeah, and it's about like uh, essentially just about how like robots, the, the work that robots are doing and the automation work that's happening 
how is that going to affect people and the work they do? So things that are already happening now. Yeah. And I mean, you, you know yourself, it's been around for centuries, people worrying about automation or machines and how they're going to take our jobs. But I don't yes. really think that's, it's not an issue quite yet. But it is interesting to see like in the space, all the difference all the different companies are getting involved, even just from an automotive perspective. So mm. I read recently the Ford CEO is has set a date for automation sometime in the early 2020s. Yeah. And then Elon Musk, of course, is hell-bent on autonomous cars, which is, I mean, from what I've seen from the work he's done so far, and I've, I've read his biography as well, and it's very, very interesting. And he's... It, he's one of those people that when he says he's going to do something, he does it. Yes. So I don't know if you read recently, but he actually sent a rocket into space and then brought it back. Landed yes. It. Yes. And it lands on its feet. Um, yeah. it's, it is fascinating. I just hope that, uh, you know, if he really decides to go for this automated car driver, driverless car type thing, he also invents an automated orthopedic surgeon to go with it. Cause I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just worried about accidents and things. Anyway, we're, we're, we're drifting off topic here. Yes. Okay. We were talking about the generally, um, what's happening in the automo- or automation sphere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, from a, from an auto- automation perspective, I think it's creeping into, well, it's not even creeping into it. It's pretty at the, it's pretty central to the work we're doing at the moment mm. in in the in the biddable in the biddable side of things, and even just in digital marketing or any form of advertising that involves technology. So, yeah, I think we're we're coming to a pretty interesting place right now. We mentioned biddable right at the yeah. beginning, and uh, sort of the, the the sort of biddable side of things. There's a lot of automation around that that's that is happening at the moment, or it could happen. Let's talk a bit about that. What sort of um, how has the biddable industry keeping up with these changes? Well, yeah. So the short answer is technology. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know if you've ever seen the the, the martech landscape, marketing technology landscape. So it's it's similar to the the Luma landscape. It's like this. You've probably come across it in uh, on Twitter before or something like that. It's like a yeah. an, a graphic where it contains every single every single known marketing technology company. Right out there so um the I, I forget who did the ad tech one but the martech one was done by um scott brinker mm. and he's been putting this together for like the last seven years and he i mean he's collated essentially every single one of these which started off as 150 vendors seven years ago and the list he published for 2017 so yeah fast forward six years you're looking at over five thousand vendors so that's quite a lot of companies now all of these companies so for example Sprinkler, DoubleClick, DoubleClick is a Google company. Mm. And then there's a ton of uh, preferred marketing developers that work with Facebook. And these all the, these all go to show how much growth there's been in the industry itself when there's just so many companies cropping up to keep up with the growth. That's how the industry is keeping up with it, essentially, by making other companies to, to cover off the automation processes. But yeah, I've, I mean, we work with a lot of these different companies um, and... Yeah, they they've changed what we do quite a lot. Yeah, how does that, so how does it work? I mean, because it, what what this reminds me a little bit of like automated trading. Is it a similar sort of thing? <sighs> well, yeah. I mean, for programmatic, that's what they're called. They're yeah. they're, they're actually called traders because that's how they um, they are trading a commodity, and that commodity is, I suppose, how would you best describe it? Something that has value. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in this case, the commodity would be traffic, traffic to your website. Yes, yeah. 
So, I mean, programmatic is a whole different ballgame, but it is essentially part of the bit of process, and that is, that's pretty much all automated at the moment. You very little... I don't know what the percentage is from automated trades to direct buys, um, but I imagine automated at this stage is quite high. Yeah. And I mean, all of this automation, it's changed It's changed how we do our jobs. So as Bitman managers, and I guess as for the traders as well, and as it's become fully, in some cases, fully automated, or in other cases, kind of semi-automated, and it's really accelerated over the last number of years. So you have like the introduction of machine learning and automated bidding coming into things. So mm. I was talking about uh, double click a minute ago. So double click is a third party bid optimization tool that Google that Google bought. And yeah, we, we use that for pretty much every client. Uh, and I mean, when you look at a couple of years ago versus now, so a couple of years ago, you would have been, you would have to select your ad copies, select your keywords, choose what your max cost per click was for a paid search campaign. Mm. And then decide how much to allocate to each campaign and working out what the, the individual ROI was, etc. So, I mean, that that was where we were in the past. And it has it's changed quite a lot. It's changed quite a lot in the last few years. So I'm interested, David, does it are there any sort of bad side effects to sort of automated trading in this way? Because you, you hear stories, don't you, sort of in the financial world of um, strange anomalies happening because... Um, some uh, sort of automatic bidding robot somewhere went a bit berserk and caused the, <laughs> the price of, I don't know, sawdust to plummet or climb to some ridiculous level or something. Does it have any sort of, are there any sort of similar repercussions in the, yes. in the sort of biddable world? There are, there are. I mean, there was one pretty big one recently. So this was mostly for, I think it was, I think it was content people's ads were appearing basically next to content that they didn't want it to appear next to. So right. I think it was specifically around some terrorist videos or oh, on YouTube yeah, or something I think like I heard that. about that, yes. People started freaking out about it. I mean, rightly so. It was it was a pretty big issue. And this is this is one of the things that, that happens when you start going into automation and you take away human control because obviously a human would never select to put an ad next to content like that. No. But then you'd lose the scale that they have since they put automation in place in the, in the first place. So yeah. you have that trade-off. There's always that trade-off. And I mean, we'll talk about that trade-off in a while as well more. But it's, yeah, so that's probably the biggest issue is is when your your ads are doing things that you don't know about or that they're running in places that you kind of aren't safe or happy with. And the whole issue of brand safety is a whole other conversation, but it's... Uh, yeah, that's. I, th- I think that's the biggest issue with automation, where brands are stepping way outside their comfort zone with regards to the content that they're appearing next to. So I'm just wondering um, how you see the future, David. Uh, I mean, not sort of just in digital, but other areas. I know that you've got a few thoughts on the publishing area, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, before we do that, I just want to talk about where we're now with automation. So like the fully automatic, fully automated campaign. So I know we talked about programmatic, but... Mm. Even, even in search, we're now running like fully automated paid search campaigns. So there's something, uh, a product called Dynamic Search Ads from Google. And essentially it scrapes your sites, finds keywords from the new content you post. So if you're a brand that's regularly changing its site or adding up-to-date content, you'll have basically ready-made ads that will populate as soon as there is a relevant landing page to match the keyword being searched, which is a big, big game changer for us. And we have a lot of clients running this alongside regular search campaigns. Mm-hmm. And it's actually performing better than some of our regular search campaigns. So, I mean, it is something that we we recommend running both 
and then seeing how it seeing which performs better but i mean that's where we are with regards the current situation so like you were saying where do we see the future of that well i mean if we just take to digital marketing for a second i mean if we combine the kind of predictive modeling in order to get the right media mix so there's kind of a couple of companies that are looking into that at the moment i think there's going to be far less of a human input into the into the digital marketing campaign of the future so mm. and we're already seeing huge growth in uh the digital marketing capabilities of traditional consulting agencies i don't know if you've noticed that but like the mckinsey's and baines of the world they're they're really moving into the digital side of things yes and i think and and that's an indication of where we're headed and where you're running you're not running the mill but you're your digital marketing agency of today is going to probably end up in more of a consultative role using their knowledge, I guess, of the tech solutions that are out there. So, I mean, when I describe 5,000, when there are 5,000 potential tech solutions you can use to solve a problem, you need to know them very well. Mm. So there'll always be a need for the, a person to make that decision or people or a team of people. And there, there's just a number, there's just lots of things that a robot can't do that a human can't. So, I don't know if you're running a paid search campaign, you see a huge jump in brand searches. You can reach out to the broadcast team and see, you know, has there been any TV activity, above the line activity, anything that could have caused that. And a computer might come to a completely different conclusion. So I think that that's something in the future that probably won't change. I mean, there will come a time when they have access to all the same data segments. So they probably will be able to make that decision. But for now, I think it's still a little bit behind. Hmm. And yeah, you were asking about the publishing. Yeah, so yes, yes. That's yeah, that's another crazy. I mean, this is something I first read about in the book. I was saying the Rise of the Robots book. It was, it's uh, I was surprised to hear about how it's already happening. So I mean, over the next five years, you're probably going to see a lot more of it. But uh, Stephen, I don't know how to pronounce his surname, Levi or Levy uh, Ward. So he wrote, wrote a very interesting article about how the Washington Post are already doing this. So. They're using a bot called uh, Heliograph, I think it's called. Right. So this function similar to, I don't know if you've heard of Wordsmith. It's another it's another one of these automated content uh, generating machine things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where essentially you're, you're setting out a template. So I don't know if you've ever used Mail Merge before. It's like a... Yes. T- yeah, we all, we all have it in some shape or form. We don't want to Not for a long it. time, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but that sort of idea where you're kind of building a template and then automating uh, whatever it is you're automating, whether that be writing an email or writing an article. So it connects all the data. So you give it all the data that you have, and then the bot writes the article for you. So it seems it seems crazy, but I mean, the article that it started, kicked off that, that particular chapter on was written by a bot. And I mean, it was, it's very hard to tell that it was the person <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's troubling. I mean, in a way, um, and it seems like it's it's not just art like articles, real estate market news, um, stock market news, e-commerce is another massive one that I didn't realize. Yeah. So you have pictured that the number of products your typical e-commerce site has, and the number of different product descriptions it need to write. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands, millions, depending. And where a person would have had to write all of those in the past, now you're going to be able to just get a, a human copywriter to amend or adjust something that's already been written like so greatly reducing the amount of human input that comes into it so yeah i'm not saying it's a bad thing but it's just the, the future is yeah the future is probably going to be a lot less humans involved in the, the jobs that exist today probably won't exist in five ten years time 
I, you know, I can almost hear sort of shuffles from our listeners, uh, shuffles from the sort of uh, teams of editors and journalists out there that are sort of squirming in their seats and thinking, no. oh, my no. Lord, what, what's going to happen to my career in the future? Well, I, th- I think it depends on the type of the type of journalist, the type of person that it is that's listening to that. Because yeah. if you're like some of these are 100, 200 word sports recaps. So Fox are using that as well. They're, a lot, apparently, a lot of their sports recaps are written by a robot in some shape or form. Yes, and I think that quite a lot of the Olympics in 2016 was written. So just from from like from a localization and from a personalization point of view, it wouldn't have been possible to have people write all those small, short, kind of snappy updates. Mm. So I don't think that's the kind of stuff that people would be worried about anyway. It's long form opinion columns are never really gonna go away i think so i doubt i'm hoping no one is squirming <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's a big subject i mean if it was possible david to condense this into one parting thought for our listeners what what sure. what, what, what might it be so i mean it, speaking directly to people who work in the, the industry with me i would say you need to get to know as many different automation solutions as possible that relate to your area and even wider the wider digital marketing area because I mean, if you work in paid social, you're already going to be working with uh, PMDs, preferred marketing developers, um, like Driftrock or Fuel4. If you're working in paid search, then obviously you'd be working with third-party bidding tools. But if you're not, that's the kind of stuff where you need to understand. You need to understand the automation so that it doesn't make you obsolete. Yeah, that would be it for me. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about iProspect? So about me, I guess my Twitter or LinkedIn has pretty much everything from a work perspective. So Twitter is, my handle is Dave O'Riordan. So this is a fun one to spell on the phone. With my accent. Should we spell it out for the listeners? (laughs) I'll try. D-A-V-E-O-R-I-O-R-D-A-N. So that's D-A-V-E-O-R-I-O-R-D-A-N. So that's my Twitter handle. And then LinkedIn is just forward slash David O'R, so that's much easier, hopefully. Um, and yeah, then iProspect is iProspect.com. www.iProspect.com, just the prospect yeah. with an I in front of it. Fantastic. Well, yeah. thank you, um, David, and thank you for our listeners for listening. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, just a reminder again, leave a review if you can, if you want to, if you desire to. That would be fantastic. Um, if you want to send us questions or suggestions, a couple of ways to do that. Uh, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.com. You can tweet us at site visibility if you want to connect with me personally i'm dr pod d-o-c-t-o-r-p-o-d on twitter and linkedin um if you want to continue the conversation don't forget the site visibility group on linkedin that's it i think that's all from me andy and it's all from david thanks guys thanks andy and we'll see you next time on internet marketing <laughs>